something to say. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially for reading my new book, Crucify My Love, book one in the Mask of the Gods series, which is out now. Or you can go to maskofthegods.com and listen to the audiobook for free, because I'm podcasting it. Yeah. Today, I know it's Wednesday, but we're talking about Star Trek, because, you know, with the Star Wars thing and the Game of Thrones thing and... This episode of Discovery was not my favorite, so I kind of pushed it off a little bit to talk about, because it wasn't terrible, it just wasn't good. So today we're going to be talking about Such Sweet Sorrow Part 1, because it's a secret two-parter, because they didn't tell us the Part 1 yet, and now that the episode's out, title's out for next week, which is this week, which is the final episode of the season, and it's Part 2. So Such Sweet Sorrow Parts 1 and 2, we're going to talk about Part 1 today, and it's an episode that happened, it really is, this is not the episode they should have done an episode before the finale, because I've really been enjoying this season, I have really been enjoying this season, and last week's episode with Klingon Gandalf And this episode, like, they knew that they had a short season, so they came up with a short plot, and then realized, oh no, oh no, we have 13 episodes, and we've only plotted for 10, apparently. Let's stretch it out, let's just stretch it out as much as we can, and yeah, so, that's what they did. This... This should have felt like we were heading towards the climax, instead it felt to me like so much filler... They just stretched out the moment and stretched out the moment and stretched out the moment with so much melodrama. You would think that you're watching a Canadian show that takes place in a high school. Yeah. So let's just get into it. If you have not seen Such Sweet Sorrow Part 1 from Star Trek Discovery Season 2 and you don't want to be spoiled, be warned. Spoilers are incoming in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Biggest spoiler in this episode is that basically nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. Except for, I don't understand the purpose of the short treks anymore. I really don't, because... Between Wizard Gandalf episode last week, which was complete filler, and this episode, which was complete filler... Really, you had to do a short trek to explain Tilly and Poe's relationship to each other instead of giving that a proper episode. Because that would have been much more entertaining. Like, make that episode one of this season as we slowly get into what's going to happen. Instead of making it a short trek, retconning it as something that happened in season one. And then coming back to it. Because you found room for all this filler. Why couldn't that have been a complete episode? Because Poe is one of the most interesting new characters created in Star Trek Discovery. And I really do mean that. I really, 
really mean that. And the actress who plays her, who I apologize right now. I am so sorry. I'm going to mispronounce your name because I'm bad at it. But um, Yadira Guevara um, Prip. I know I just completely murdered your name. I'm just going to call you Poe from now on because I, I have mad respect for you. I really like her. I really enjoy her character. There's so much there that we could be going into that we could be learning about that there's so much that we could do there and we're not we're just not because yeah apparently she's only going to be in that one episode of such sweet sorrow part one and that one short track that happened called runaway which was very good it was one of the better short tracks but seriously why 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 was it a short track because i thought those were like side stories but so far three of the short tracks have gone into be and have been very important for the plot this season like the calypso plot which we're heading towards now it's kind of what happened after this and yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand why you did the short tracks instead of just making those episodes of the series. It just, oh, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense that you did this. I, I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore except for you really like to make Michael cry. And I get it. I'm fine with it because, you know, Sinequa Martin Green is a great actress and she can, when she cries, man, she gets her cry face on. I mean, it's, it's powerful and it's, um, it's, it's, it's really impressive to see, but that's pretty much all that this episode was. We got to see Jet Reno kind of do some cool things and I'm glad that Jet Reno's back because that's a character that they like introduced and did little to nothing with and she gets to see some visions from the time crystal which seem to be the exact same ones that Michael had so we'll see where that goes if anywhere and I guess they've decided that Culper and Stamets are going to break up okay fine you know you can't have a happy gay couple in a sci-fi show i get that that's the rules because you know heteronormative straight people have to do what they do but just really 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 i you know that this can't happen because hugh is not going to be the doctor on the enterprise because we know who that is that's bones is going to be McCoy. And it would be really weird if you make him like this intermediary character that we never heard of between the doctor that we met in the cage and the doctor that we meet on Star Trek, the original series. That would be weird. And you've kind of announced that Stamets is leaving because he was going to take that job again. 
I, I don't, I'm not playing the will they won't they because it's a sci-fi show and they're a queer couple, which almost always means they won't or they'll die horribly or something. So we'll see. Like, I want to be excited about it. You know how much I want to be excited about it, especially because Wilson Cruz, you know how much I love Wilson Cruz, but seriously, guys, like, uh, get your stuff together. And, okay, so nobody knows where Discovery is except for the Enterprise because Discovery can't do short, can't do uh, subspace communications because their subspace array got damaged. Okay. The Enterprise could. So the Enterprise could have called for help, but doesn't for reasons beyond my understanding. And Sarek can use his Katra powers to find Michael, but doesn't bring help even though he knows that she's in mortal peril because the plot demands it. Like, literally, he and Amanda show up just to say goodbye and I'm sorry and don't bring, like, a fleet of Vulcan ships to help her? Like, I get that you're apologizing for being a bad dad, but, like, a big part of that is both of your children are on this ship that's in mortal peril and you're not going to do anything. You didn't bring anybody to help. You didn't tell the Federation. You didn't tell the Vulcan government. Like, nobody? So, okay. Maybe that'll be the Calvary push that we see in the next episode. But you've also, like, signaled to us that Discovery, or at least the some of the crew, have to make it back. Because... I mean, that would be really rough if we have to meet an entirely new crew in Season 3, since you've already greenlit a Season 3. But on top of that, Spock's going with them. So, unless at the last minute you find some way to chicken out and take Spock off the ship, we know they have to get back, because Spock gets back. And apparently, because of Calypso, they're going to have to leave the ship somehow... And then come back or find some other way to get back. I don't know. My, my guess is they're going to find some other way to get back and leave the ship there. Because Calypso. So I already know that they make it. Like, you've done weird things, Discovery. <laughs> you keep doing weird things. And I don't understand why. Like... Don't get me wrong, I am so happy to see James Frain get his emotional Sarek on again, because that is just a masterpiece to watch, because he has to not have emotion, but convey emotion so that the scene works, and Mark Leonard did a great job with it, James Frain is doing a great job with it, like, it just, it's moving, it's wonderful, I really enjoy it. But, of course, you know, being what it is with the long-distance super season of rebootery that we're getting here, I mean, did anybody else catch when number one tells Pike that they ripped out the holographic communication system because apparently Control can use it to get onto the computers? You know, like, they're just doing everything in their power to reboot in slow motion 
and yet not doing the things that matter like get rid of Laurel she's a boring character just don't bring her back leave the leave the Klingons be and get rid of Tyler because Tyler is unnecessary and get rid of him and when is the Romulan war going to happen because Chekhov's brother dies in the Romulan war so and this is like 10 years or nine years before whatever before the original series starts so don't we kind of have to have a war with the Romulans so Chekhov's brother can die I mean am I missing something has it already happened did I miss it I mean I I need to understand what you're doing timeline wise because you decided to do this weird rebooty reboot time travel season for reasons beyond anybody's ken and just to have so much unnecessary melodrama in this episode over and over and over again like when they decide that they're all going to go with michael through the worm through the wormhole thingy and dot 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 and so we get this scene where everybody kind of steps up because that's what they're doing and okay yay we get to meet the everybody on the bridge again and yeah and then to do an extended scene sequence where everybody writes their loved ones because we're never coming back this could be the end like the amount of melodrama that you've pumped into my star trek makes me feel like i'm in what was it season three of enterprise is that the zindi season just please people please like this i don't understand what you're doing and i don't think that you do either but i think the moral of the story needs to be alex kurtzman is not the person who should be shepherding this project forward and you just need to put a new show, new showrunner in. I don't care who it is. I mean, technically, Rod Roddenberry is an executive producer, so you just put him in charge. It can't be weirder, really, than what Kurtzman's been doing, can it? And to do this, especially now, because the season had gotten so good, and then the last couple episodes have just been... bizarre. And I don't know why i don't know what brought about the choices that they've taken for these episodes to go the way that they have because i just i don't know who i don't know who thought this was a good idea i I just feel like it was filler and you need to stop making me feel like your episodes are filler especially like we were talking about this yesterday with game of thrones because i really got that feeling with game of thrones that they were just trying to get everything out of the way. But like when you look at all the people that are going to be on Discovery as they're going forward, and like, yeah, I'm glad that we get to start knowing these characters and we get to start meeting them. And we are going to hopefully get to know more about them because I want this to be more of an ensemble show. That's really the secret of what makes Star Trek work. If the show was just about Kirk, like watch the original series, right? Season one is all about Kirk for the most part. And it's not 
all that impressive of a show. It, it has its moments and it has some good episodes, but it's so hyper-focused on Kirk that it doesn't have a lot of the strength that we want to see. In future seasons, we see more spotlight episodes on other characters. We see more emphasis on Spock and McCoy, and it breaks out into this ensemble cast where we learn more about Uhura and Chekhov and all these other characters, and it starts to feel like Star Trek. This is a lesson that was learned by the time we get to Next Gen, and Next Gen doesn't try to make it all about Picard. We have an ensemble cast right from the beginning, and that made it work. And you see this lesson brought through all of the other Star Treks up to this point. And the idea that you're going to recapture people's love of Star Trek by abandoning this long-held tradition of it being an ensemble cast show and go back to that season one, it's all about Michael and the people around Michael and blah, 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 blah. It, it wasn't the most brilliant thing to do. And to keep focusing, like I seriously need to know if any of you out there are so into Tyler and Michael getting together, I, I need to hear from you. I really need to hear from you. Because I don't understand it. I think it was one of the weirdest plot lines that they put in season one. I think it was a mistake to bring it back in season two. I would have just left all the Klingon stuff behind. And I think this season would have been much stronger if we didn't have Klingon Gandalf and we didn't have Laurel and we didn't have Tyler. If we just left all those characters in season one. And when we said goodbye to them, we said goodbye to them and moved on. That that would have made season two a lot stronger. But really, this tear-felt love, this deep love that is supposed to exist between Tyler and Michael when they've hardly been together at all and we've not seen them spend much time together at all and it feels so forced... Like, it felt forced when they supposedly fell in love in season one, out of nowhere. But to see this, like, earlier in the season when they had Laurel just look at Tyler and be like, I know that you will always love Michael Burnham, but did you ever really love me? Kind of thing. And just, oh, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. They're, they are not the love of the universe. Like, they, 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 uh. I am not invested, and I don't know anybody who is invested in the will they won't they ever get to live happily ever after. I have no I have no connection with anyone who has those feelings. And it's just like with Culper and Stamets, like, yeah, there's part of me that would like to see them live happily ever after because I I, <laughs> I think if you really want to be shocking in today's world, you give a queer couple a happy ending. Or at least a happy something, because that that's not something that happens. That that would be surprising, but I'm not rooting for it because I don't expect it to happen because it never happens. You know, I was just mad that they decided to kill Culper with tropes because that uh, Star Trek's better than that, and I kind of feel that that's what we have to say about this episode of Discovery. Just Star Trek is better than this. 
And these writers are better than this. And that's not like it was in season one where I was kind of like thinking about back to prior seasons of other shows. They have demonstrated that they know how to write these characters. They know how to write them competently. They know how to do a good plot. They know how to make this series work. The vast majority of this season, they've done that. And I get it. They're going to go to the future. They're going to end up at Terra Elysium. She's going to reconnect with her mother. There's going to be crying. And somehow they're going to find a way to go back in time, but probably not with the Discovery. And they're going to get a new ship called Discovery that's going to look much more like the original Enterprise and probably be a Constitution class because they're trying to make the fans happy with this season-long reboot and blah, 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 blah. Long story short, if you want to make me happy, Rebecca Romain is the new captain of the Discovery. Do that. I'll be happy. Because... Seriously, you put her on the show and then didn't let her do anything. That's almost criminal. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't really know what to say about this because it just felt like filler. Nothing in this episode happened except for Poe. Poe's like the only new thing in this episode and they didn't spend any time with her because, oh man, we needed the melodrama and that's so frustrating because the relationship between Poe and Tilly is actually interesting. How It's interesting how they met. It's interesting the relationship that they've apparently continued over time. She is an interesting character. And it would have been fascinating to watch Poe interacting more with Stamets and with Jet Reno and with any of these characters. Because Poe is an interesting character. And her culture and everything, it's its an interesting addition to Star Trek. And I would love to have seen more. So much more. But for whatever reason, when the writers decided to just bring Poe in and just kind of have her in the background and kind of be almost... I felt like they included Poe in this episode almost as a snarky, you should have watched the short treks. If you had watched the short treks, you'd know who this character was. And not remember Poe from the short track. She was awesome. And she's back because that would have been how I would have done it. Like I, I don't understand. And I hate saying that with the show. And I feel like I say it way too much, but it feels, it feels so much like people didn't watch the short tracks and They were upset about that, and so they have retroactively found a way to basically all of them, but the Harry Mud one so far, though I would love to see an army of android muds show up and save the day. That would be amazing, because that's like the only one that they haven't incorporated into the show proper, because... They've basically explained how the Enterprise got lost in Calypso. They basically explained that now. We got to meet his sister, uh, Saru's sister, in the main series. So that connects to that short trek. And now Poe has come, you know, they're, they're basically pointing to this thing that they did that was a nifty idea and kind of going, well, nobody watched them. So we're going to make people feel guilty for not watching them. So maybe they'll go back and watch them. And 
again, I'm not adverse to them bringing those elements back into the show, but with a show as stretched out as this one feels, and that's really painful considering they got a shorter season this year, but as stretched out as the season feels, to not at least spend time with these characters, like there's so much you could tell me about any of these people that would be endlessly more fascinating than just, oh look, they can cry. Because it really feels like that's all that they gave us. And that's so frustrating. Because, like, take the whole scene where everybody gets to write their own letters back, right? So, okay, fine, let that happen. So, Jen Reese and Dittmer and, um, uh, I can never pronounce her name, um, Oyasekun, Oyasekun, uh, Oyasekun, I'm terrible with that, I'm sorry, they've only pronounced it like twice on the actual show, but all of these characters, right, that we're just starting to get to know, and just starting to get to spend some time with, and, you know, Nam, who, I love Nan, I love her, I love her. I need more of her. I'm so fascinated by her. I want her to be so much more of the show. But when we get that scene of all of them writing home, instead of giving us the generic pablum that we got, because like, that's okay for Saru, right? Because we know who Saru is. We've spent time with him. We know his sister and he's writing to his sister. So just this like heartfelt letter of, you know, just in case we don't make it, I wanted to say blah, 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 right? That would have been powerful. That would have been fine. But with all of these other characters, like Dittmer, again, references her accident, but we don't know what her accident was. This would have been a time to just throw in that one line of when she was in that shuttlecraft accident or when she was working on the experiment that exploded and she lost her eye. You know, you could have given me a moment of character building with that, so it's not just, you know, Dittmer had an accident, lost her eye, and got the cy- cybernetic, impl- you know, implant. You could have given me something there. Instead, we just get a generic letter home. And it was such a missed opportunity for the series, especially if you want me to have emotional investment in these characters. Because you keep killing off characters that I have no emotional investment in whatsoever. And since I don't have that emotional investment, I don't feel it. And that's something I should feel. I'm hoping the finale blows me out of the water because this episode was a letdown, at least for me. Hopefully this episode wasn't. If you like this episode and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general, please do so. That helps out a lot. If you like hearing the sound of my voice and would like to hear me read my most recent book, Crucify My Love, Mask of the Gods, is now available in the podcast app of your choice, including iTunes or Apple Podcasts and a lot of others. So just go to maskofthegods.com and you'll find a list of everything there. Yeah, I'm not going to do the normal thing that I do. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm C.E. Dorset. You can download the app and send me a voice message, all that. I just, I wanted to take a minute on the way out here just to say thank you to everybody who listens. 
to these podcasts. It really does mean the world to me. And normally I do the value extraction at the end, but I, I just really wanted to say thank you because it's been a rough couple of years for me and you all have really helped me get through a lot. And I just wanted to say thank you. I don't do that enough. I really should. You guys really do make me feel like it's, you know, all the things that I do is worthwhile from my weird theorizing on various TV shows to the writing and creating of all these wonderful worlds. So I, I don't worry. I'm not like heading towards a depression or anything. It's just, I've been in a place where I've been very grateful for everything that you all provide for me. And I just thought I would take the time today to express that. So thank you so much for listening. If you know anybody who you think would like this episode or this podcast, please share it with them because I'm really wanting to get the podcast to grow. And it's not for any of the icky monetary reasons. And it's not because I want to be famous. It's because I live in the middle of the country where there aren't a lot of people that I can talk to about this stuff, especially not in the detail that I do on this show. And I really would love to have a community that we can all discuss all the crazy sci-fi shows and fantasy shows and books and whatnot that, you know, move us. So thank you for everything that you've done. Please continue helping me to get this podcast to grow and help me to make this a community place for all of us. Because I think, I don't know if you all need that, but I need that. Anyway, until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.